0: Well, hey, thank you guys so much for joining us, for Church Online, wherever you happen to be. I know it's not ideal. I would rather you be here, but uh, we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna get in the word and have a great day today anyway. If you don't know me, my name's Austin, and I'm one of the pastors here. I get to lead our media team and our production team, and so that's one of the great honors of my life. Now, for the past uh, three weeks, we've been in a series called Where Do We Go From Here? And the idea has been that with everything going on in the world and everything we've been focused on for, for 2020 and the fact that most of us are probably ready to be finished uh, with this year. Uh, the question is, as Christians, where do we go from here? And in week one, Pastor Trevor reminded us that where we go, where we always go is we go forward. We move forward. We can't stay where we are. We can't stay here. That's one of our core values as a church. And so uh, Pastor Trevor told us, uh, told us in week one, That the way that we move forward is we move forward with gratitude. And then last week, Ryan helped us to remember that unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. And so we need to uh, express our gratitude to people for that gratitude to actually exist. And Ryan also reminded us that every good thing, every good thing that we have is a gift and today we're going to talk about one of those good things we're going to talk about one of those gifts we're going to simply talk about being grateful for grace being grateful for grace now I don't know if you know what CrossFit is but it's this thing that insane people do Um, it's a workout and several years ago I don't know it was maybe five or six years ago when when CrossFit was just kind of coming to our area Uh, one of the uh, gyms I guess uh, opened up there actually somebody told me this week that uh, CrossFits are called a box. They're not called a gym. And I heard that they're called a box because you go to the gym to work out, but you go to a box to get tortured. Uh, and so that's that's kind of part of the story I'm about to tell you. So they opened up a CrossFit box here in London, and I started getting peer pressure from, from some people, Pastor Trevor included, that I should go check it out. They're going to give you two classes free. Go give it a shot. You're going to love it. It's going to be a great time. So I show up for CrossFit class one day. Now, mind you, I've been lifting weights, okay? But cardio is not my thing. It's never been my thing, never really enjoyed it. So I show up there and and they start talking about this workout we're gonna do, this WOD, this workout of the day, W-O-D, new language for me. So, okay, we're gonna do this WOD, it's a workout of the day, it's some random number, 20 point something, I don't know what it was, all right? So I'm, I'm intimidated by all this, I don't know exactly what's going on. But then they start telling us what we're gonna do and the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna deadlift. So I'm like, sweet. I deadlift. I know how to deadlift. I'm gonna be able to do this, all right? But part of this workout, so after that you deadlifted for a while and then you had to go do wall balls for a while, which I didn't know what that was, but you catch this 20-pound ball and you go down and squat and you throw it up and hit this line. You do that for a long time, uh, longer than humanly possible. Then you go onto a rower and you start doing these rows for uh, amount of calories that you burn. Uh, and then there was one more thing. Oh, uh, handstand push-ups, which I couldn't do, so I just had to do uh, shoulder presses, So they described that workout, okay, I'm in, I can do do this, I know how to deadlift, I know how to do this stuff, let's go, all right? There's one important thing though that I missed. And that was, you're supposed to pace yourself. And I've never really been a person that that paces themselves at anything. I'm either in or I'm out. And when I'm in, I'm in. You can talk to my wife about this. She can tell you or any of my friends. When I'm in something, I'm in it with my whole heart. If I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it. So let's either do it or let's don't. So that was my mindset. That was my attitude that day. Nobody either mentioned it or I missed the part about you need to pace yourself. So they said, you got 21 minutes to do this workout. Oh man, there's a timer. Okay, I guess I better... I better go pretty hard to try to get all this done, okay? So I get over there, I start loading the weights up before the thing starts, and, and some of the guys that were with us, I think Kristen, and, Kristen Jervis and uh, Keith Jervis were there with us, and Kristen was like, man, Austin's going big on deadlift, and I'm over there like, Psh, this ain't big, man, you ain't seen see me deadlift in the gym, all right? But I'd never done the kind of reps that we were about to do. Uh, so anyway, we start this workout, I'm killing the first few reps, thinking, yeah, this is no problem. And then something starts happening. People stopped deadlifting and started going on to the next thing. And I was like, hey, how are they already done? So then finally, you know, they're doing their thing, and I finally get done with that. And I'm beat already, okay? I'm breathing heavy. I'm panting. Okay, I I don't have control of my breath. So I go on, and I do the wall balls, and the the clock's ticking, and I'm feeling that. But I'm going hard, okay, because I don't quit. I'm not a quitter, I'm gonna keep doing this, I don't care how bad it hurts. I've got all these people watching me, these guys who have challenged me to be here, I'm not gonna stop. So I go as hard as I can for the entire time. I didn't even make it to the last exercise, mind you. And it hurt, and it hurt bad. And so a few minutes later, I go over and I found a place to sit down and coincidentally, it was close to a trash can. I got close to that trash can and you know what's coming. I threw up all in that baby. And the, the coach there, Jake, was like, it's all right, it's good, that's good. And I was thinking, this is not good. Somebody should have made sure I heard the part about pacing myself, because I didn't do it. And it did not turn out very good for me. It hurt like crazy and I ended up sick because of it. And here's the thing, when you miss one important thing, it can have devastating consequences. When you miss one important detail or when you misunderstand, you guys have misunderstandings all the time. If you're married, if you have any kind of relationships, if you work for anybody or have anybody who works for you, when you misunderstand, when you miss something, it can have devastating consequences. And it's one thing Okay, it's one thing to miss a part about pacing yourself in a workout or to have a misunderstanding at work, but it's another thing entirely to miss something or misunderstand something like grace. Something as big and as important as the grace of God, but I'm afraid that myself and many of us have missed what the grace of God actually is. And I think that's why the author of Hebrews said this. He said, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. See to it, that's your job. You are charged with making sure that no one misses the grace of God. But the problem is, as I said, many of us, we have missed the grace of God. Or maybe we had it at one point, but, but now we've misunderstood it and we've, we've thought it so much and we've, we've worked it so much in our minds that, that we've, we've, we've changed it a little bit or it's morphed. And, and we've missed what God's grace truly is and truly means in our life. And we know this, we know this is true because of how many people, myself included, go through life feeling shame, feeling sad about what happened in the past feeling depressed about the fact that they can't get out of the rut that they're in because we don't have a grasp. We don't have a real grasp on what grace is. We also know that because of how we treat other people and how we don't extend God's grace to other people. We've been charged to make sure that nobody misses grace. But if we're honest, as Jesus followers, as the church, we don't do a great job of one, understanding it ourselves. And because of that, making sure that other people don't miss what God's grace truly is. I think we've missed it. And it's really, really hard to give someone something that you've never fully grasped, that you've never fully grasped. If somebody throws me a ball and I fumble it, I can't give it to you until I get a hold of it myself and then I can get it to you. See, in CrossFit, I've gone on to do other types of workouts and CrossFit's not my favorite because my, like I said, I'm not in love with cardio, but I've come to terms with the fact that I probably need to be in love with cardio. So uh, I've gotten back into some of that. The thing is, is if I never learned about pace, if I never understood pacing myself, I could never really help anybody else get involved in that sport and in that type of training because they would come in and and I would be there to help them and lead them and, and then they would start. And every time they stopped to take a breather, I would be on them. I would be telling them, keep going, what's wrong? Why are you so weak? Why are you such a sissy? Let's go. And before long, they would probably feel beat down. They'd feel like they missed the mark and they wouldn't wanna be a part of that community anymore. And I'm afraid that that sounds eerily similar to the church. I'm afraid that we've missed what grace is. And because of it, people are feeling beat down. Like they missed the mark. Like they could never measure up. And so they don't want to be a part of that. So if we're ever going to get a handle on this, if we're ever going to be able to give people grace and make sure that they don't miss it, we have to answer this question. We have to answer... What is grace? What is grace? Well, someone described grace like this. They said, you're in a boat. You're in a boat. And the current is pulling you toward hell. And you're just stuck in this boat, headed toward hell. And then all of a sudden... God provides you with a paddle. That's grace, they said. This paddle is grace. And they said, now that you've been provided with that grace, what you have to do is you have to paddle. You have to do the work. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm in a current and it's pulling me back there toward hell and I'm having to paddle, We've already discovered that that I'm not the most fit person on the planet based on my CrossFit experience. Eventually, I'm gonna get worn out. Eventually, this is gonna become miserable. And I'm probably just gonna give up. And I'm probably just gonna live life my way because I, I can't do this. It's gonna make me weary. It's gonna be too big of a burden. And that idea of grace It's called divine enablement. Divine enablement, that God gave you what you needed, enabling you to save yourself, enabling you to escape hell, enabling you to move toward a better life, to move toward heaven. But I I don't know about you, but... That doesn't seem like the greatest life. But that's how one person describes grace. But scripture tells us this, for it is by grace you have been saved. By grace you've been saved. And so if that's true, then this paddle is not grace because the paddle didn't save me. I still have to save myself even once I had it. And so it's more than a divine enablement. Does God divinely enable us to live the life he wants us to live? Yes, he does. Is that part of grace? Yes, it is. Is that the end of it? No. And if we don't know more than that about grace, we've missed grace and we can't give it to people who need it. It is by grace you've been saved. Through faith, this is not from yourself. It is the gift. Everybody get that. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Understand this, I did not save myself. You did not save yourself. God's grace saved you and saved me. Why? so that no one can boast. Guess what? There's not gonna be any boasting in heaven. You know what God's grace does? It levels the playing field for all of us while we're here. None of us can boast about how good we are or how far along we are because the truth is without that grace, we're all hopeless, we're all helpless, and we're completely lost. That's grace. See, grace is a gift. Grace is a gift. And if it's not a gift, then it's not grace. Romans eleven six 6 says it this way. If it's by grace, then it cannot be based on works. Because if it were, grace would no longer be grace. In other words, you can't Earn this. If it's grace, it can't be earned. You can't do enough to merit it. And so, if it's not a gift, then it's not grace. And so, I have a problem with the, uh, the boat picture that uh, the one person came up with for grace. I think it's incredibly incomplete. I think a more accurate picture is that I'm in the boat and I'm sitting here and the current is pulling me toward hell. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and he jumps into my boat with me. Sometimes it feels like we're waiting a while on Jesus. (laughs) And he starts paddling for me. Because grace is a gift. Now, this is a gift, and it's free. And if, if grace is a gift, then that means somebody gave it. That means that God gave us Jesus to do the work for us as a free gift that we could not work to earn ourselves. We could never do enough to earn this It's a gift. Robert Morris, he's a fairly famous pastor in America. He defined grace like this. He said, grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. You should write that down or you should go back and look at the notes on our website later. These slides will be there. Grace is the unmerited, You can't do anything to merit it. It's undeserved. You can never deserve it. It's unearned. You can never work hard enough to earn it or pay enough or give enough to earn it. It's God's kindness and favor that we could never earn merit or deserve. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible, which I'm sure you have open before you right now, defines grace like this. Grace is the dimension of the divine activity that enables God to confront human indifference and rebellion with inexhaustible capacity to forgive and bless. One more time, grace is the dimension of the divine activity that enables God to confront human indifference and rebellion with an inexhaustible, it never runs out, capacity to forgive and to bless. In other words, no matter what you do, God continues to forgive and to bless. He continues to forgive and to bless. Even though God created a perfect place for us to be and he gave us, Everything except one thing. And he gave us one thing. He said, don't do this one thing. You can have everything else. It's all yours. And we couldn't take not knowing. And so we chose to eat of the fruit that he said, don't eat. And so we chose to not trust God. We chose to go our own route and we put ourselves in hell on earth. We put ourselves in that situation And by God's grace, he said, I'm gonna come down and I'm gonna jump in the boat with you and I'm gonna make this right. I'm gonna give you a new life and a better life right now and I'm gonna create a place for you to go as well. The new world to come. That's what grace is. Now, some of us have trouble with grace. We have, we have a problem with teaching grace like that or, or thinking about grace like that, because the next logical thing is, you know, Austin, if, if I'm in the boat and Jesus is just doing all the work, then huh people just get comfortable. They might just relax back there. they might just stop paying attention to Jesus, do their own thing. They might take it as a license to sin. The thing is, is that if we're worried about that, or if that's the approach we take as a person who's been rescued by a loving and graceful God, then there's something we've still missed. There's something we've still missed about grace. Because grace, it's so much bigger than even this. It's so much bigger than even this. The grace of God is so much bigger than Jesus jumping into your boat. The grace of God, the the, the truth of the grace of God, if that's how you think about the grace of God, that somebody's just going to, they're just going to lay back and they're going to take it easy and they're going to fall into sin, they're going to abuse grace, which Paul warned us against, then you don't understand the truth of your situation, of our situation. The truth is we didn't have a boat. If you're in a boat, God gave you the boat. The truth is we were out in the middle of the sea, a sea of our own creation, a sea of our own sin. We were out there, there's currents pushing us, there's waves rocking us and crashing on us. We're grasping, hoping we can just catch a breath of grace but the only thing we inhale is the reality of the situation that we've created more and more water. I was working on a, a job in Somerset a couple months ago. I do some woodworking sometimes, and I was at a local business installing some countertops, and a gentleman was, happened to be patronizing the business that day and he walked down the hall and showed up at the door, kind of caught me off guard, an older gentleman. And he started talking to me, asking me questions, and I thought, well this is cool. This is interesting. So I had a conversation with him. And anytime that I get to have a conversation with somebody who's farther along in life and more wise than me, I try to leverage that conversation. So I thought, you know, let's see how, let's see how this conversation goes and, and where this goes and At one point he said, now you love the Lord, don't you? I said, yes, sir, I do. And then he began to tell me a story. And it's a heartbreaking story. Uh, And and I don't tell the story to bring the mood down. because we got enough going on, but it's true. And I think it paints a picture of our situation he started telling me about his children and and he told me about one of his sons and he told me about how his son and his buddy went out duck hunting on the river and they started flooding, letting loose water from the dam and they weren't aware of it and the boat apparently was capsized and they were lost. And I saw the pain in his eyes and the tears well up and morbid as it is, I couldn't help But think of my own children struggling for air, trying to come up. That's our situation. That's our situation. And I promise you, if that man could have been there, he would have jumped in. He would have did whatever it took to save his son. And that's what God did for you and that's what God did for me. And then the man before he left, he said, it's okay though because he's with Jesus. Because he's with Jesus. See, we were out in the middle of nowhere drowning in our own sin and God showed up and he provided a boat and he put us in the boat and he started paddling, taking us away from hell, making our life right now much more easy. And you're only here because of God, because it's a gift. And if you realize where you just were, if you realize that you did nothing to put yourself here, that it was sheer love and grace that put you here, you don't rest on your laurels, you don't jump into sin, you know what you do? You say, thank you, thank you, thank you, let me help, let me help, and you, and you try, and then you, oh, you fumble up a little bit, oh. but then you keep, you keep trying to, to go the way Jesus wants you to go, and eventually you get in sync with Jesus. because what he's done for you is so amazing. What else would you do? You have to, you're compelled by grace to participate in what God has called you to do, which is to make sure that nobody else misses this. And guess what, guess what? Sometimes you get tired. You gotta take a break. But he doesn't. Because sometimes life kicks you in the teeth. Sometimes it hurts too bad. Sometimes you're not strong enough. And guess what, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect because he keeps on trucking me away. From hell to come and from hell in this life. And then I can get back in. Then when I get tired, He doesn't turn around and say, what are you doing? Why aren't you rowing? I'm up here giving it all I got. You're pitiful. Shame on you. No, he keeps rowing. And when you're ready, he wants you to pick it back up and get back in sync and let's go together. You see, when you realize how amazing grace is, you don't abuse it you don't take advantage of it, you're grateful for it. You're grateful for it. You're grateful to join in the work with Jesus because he's rescued you. And you have a job to do. And so you begin to make sure that nobody else misses what grace really is. And that becomes your primary purpose, no wonder. Paul said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. What is that task, Paul? The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. (laughs) Did you hear that? God's grace is good news the good news, the gospel, that is grace. Jesus, the gift that God gave us, Jesus is grace. That's good news. That's worthy to be shared. That's worthy to invest my life and my time and my energy in. And that's why Paul said this to Titus. The grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. That's Jesus. It teaches us, for those of us who are worried about people abusing grace, grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age now. Now. See, grace gives us a better life right now Then he goes on to say, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. Not only did grace rescue us from our situation that we put ourselves in here on this earth, but grace created a place for us to go forever. A new world to come. And we're not gonna be floating on a cloud, wearing a toga with a halo over our head, playing some harpy stringy thing, going, ah. No. God is gonna recreate this earth, a new heaven and a new earth. We're gonna have a body, perfect bodies, probably like this. (laughs) We're gonna have perfected bodies we're gonna do stuff. We're gonna have relationships. We're gonna have life and we're gonna have it to the full the way God intended from the very beginning. That's how great grace is. It's all grace. It's all grace. The fact that you woke up today, grace. The breath you just took, grace. My heart that just beated, grace every beat when i'm working out sometimes as much as 179 times a minute god says beat 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 gift 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 it's all grace that's how good grace is and so the point today it's 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 super simple be grateful for grace be grateful for grace. Don't waste time feeling shame about what you've done. Don't critique grace till you're blue in the face. Be grateful for grace. Bob Goff likes to talk about it like when you're learning to ride a bike. And He says that that once you understand what you're doing you no longer have to worry about falling anymore so you can pedal forward faster and that's what grace does it puts us in a position where we don't have to worry about falling anymore I didn't say we're not going to fall I said we don't have to worry about falling anymore you know what God wants you to do when you fall he wants you to get up and get back in Just get up and get back in. Don't waste time feeling sorry for yourself, feeling ashamed, because that's not something that God ever intended for you to feel. Jesus took your shame. When he went to the cross, when he was beaten and made fun of, when he was stripped naked, and called a liar, publicly mocked and shamed, he took it. He took your sin. He took it all for you. So be grateful for grace and share that good news to a world that desperately needs to see it. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. Let me pray for us. God, we are so Grateful to you for every gift that you've given us. And God, I just pray that today, if if, if we've found ourselves in a place where we've misunderstood grace, but we've missed it completely, God, today would be the day that we ground ourselves fully to and grasp fully the truth of what your grace is. that's not an easy proposition. But God, I just pray that, that we would see it for what it is, that we would see how good you've been to us, how much you've given us, that we can't earn it or do anything to merit it. And God, because of that, we would extend grace to the people in our lives to the people that go to the other churches, to the people who are loyal to the other parties, to the people who look different, to the people who have less, to the people we can't stand and who annoy us, to the people we don't understand. God, I pray that because we understand your grace for us and how much you've given to us, how much we don't deserve it, God, that you would enable us to give that grace away to make sure that they don't miss it because that's why we are here. Now, if you're watching online and maybe you've never understood grace like this, Maybe you're one of those people who have always felt beat up by the church and beat up by religion and like you could never measure up and like you could never get yourself clean enough or holy enough or good enough to walk into the doors of a church or to try to live for God. I wanna give you an opportunity today to receive the free gift of grace. Scripture says, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is grace. Jesus was God's gift. Jesus was God in human form, coming down to rescue you out of the situation that you're in. If that's you today, and if you believe that and you wanna put your faith in Jesus today and follow Jesus, I wanna invite you, all of us with our heads bowed and our eyes closed at home, I wanna invite you to say a prayer In your heart, you don't even have to say it out loud. If you're alone, say it out loud. It doesn't matter. These words I'm about to say, they're not magical, but what matters is what you mean in your heart. Would you just say, God, I realize today that I can never measure up. God, I realize that I can never be good enough. And that, God, I was in a mess of my own sin God, I realize that you're offering me the gift of grace. You're offering me the gift of Jesus. And today I receive that gift. I accept that gift. And from this point forward, God, I wanna do everything I can to live the way that you want me to live because of what you've done for me, rescuing me from hell to come in hell on earth now. In Jesus' name. And if you just prayed that prayer, I would love to encourage you uh, our moderators if you're in the 9:30 or 11:30 service they're going to be putting a button if you're on church online that says raise my hand. I want you to just click that button right now. That says raise my ha- raising my hand to indicate that you just made a decision to receive the gift, the free gift of God's grace through Jesus Christ. And then our moderators in, on all platforms, on Facebook, on Church Online, they're gonna be dropping a link in. It says ifollowjesus.com. And if you would just take that next step of clicking that link and letting us know in there that you made that decision so we can follow up with you. Because here's the thing, this is, this is a journey and you're just beginning it. And there's so many people who love you and wanna help you Take your next steps. And so if you'll take that next step, click that link, let us know you did that. We will get in touch with you and help you on your journey with Jesus. Father God, thank you so much for your grace and your love for us. We're so grateful for Jesus and the hope that Jesus gives us for eternity so that no matter what's going on now, we can have hope. But God, not only for then, but for now that Jesus is our living hope.